new on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And you captured a Confederate steamboat. We're taking the ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Making his first appearance on the Bradford Show podcast, Lou Maloney, and we're doing it live from Casa de Maloney. I don't even know if that's correct, but the, the house that Maloney is living in with myself and Doug Lane and all the other WEI people. First off, Lou, welcome, and what are your impressions of this house that we're living in? I think it's outstanding, Rob. I mean, I looked in here, I had my own room. You know, it's actually a loft. You know, I could actually down there and see it. But what makes me nervous is that two years ago, I think I stayed with you, or three years ago, it was the same complex. And that was, I don't know if you remember or not, but do you remember I walked in to a house that I thought was yours or where we were staying? It wasn't. I sat out in that deck, and when I entered the house, it was an old lady, and I scared the living shit out of her. And I thought I was going to get, like, shot. So it kind of brought back some bad memories, to be honest with you. It was. I totally forgot that. It, that was a real, real story that you were sitting in someone else, basically sitting in someone else's living room. Yeah. So, so. Yeah, In the living room, when she came out, I was on the phone, and she came out of the bedroom, and I'm just sitting on her couch. She started screaming. <laughs> it was weird how she invited you in, and, and all, all of a sudden became a whole, uh, a whole scene. Uh, so anyway, I want to talk to you about you entering the belly of the beast that is spring training, right? Uh, first off, I do want to make it. Uh, I, I do want to make a confession when we talk about the house that you are staying in um, in the room with the pullout bed, right? Correct. Yeah, but it's fine. I don't. I, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not sitting there. Listen, I'm not high maintenance, Rob. Okay, I can deal with it. Okay, so I was staying in that room when John Tomasi was here. John Tomasi left. I was going to be a good soldier, and I was going to say, Lou, you take the nice bed. I'll stay in the bed that has the bar right in the middle of your spine. 
But instead, I saw the audio file of Lou Maloney saying that Rob Bradford was wrong about Mookie Betts. I said, fuck you, Lou. You're staying in the, the, in the bed with a bar right in the middle of your spine. I hope you're enjoying it. I am enjoying it. I'm fine. I sleep like a rock. I don't care. Uh, so we before, once again, you went over to spring training and you, you went face-to-face with all these people who you have said nice things about and not-so-nice things about, and you broke down the game, and nobody does it better. Uh, before you, we get to that, though, I do want to go through the product that you have in the bathroom because it's, it's, this is sort of major league level. I don't, this is not sports writer uh, dop kit. Yeah. Give me, give me what you, give me your uh, routine. So I know when I wake up in the morning, this is going on in the bathroom. What is your routine? Well, it's it's not that complicated. I mean, it's like most men. I mean, I have hair product, I have deodorant. I know this is different for this house. You guys aren't used to that shit. Um, I have a, a high end shaving cream, kind of for my face when I shave, and given the beard, it's not that just around the neck. So. There's just some things that normal people have, and I know you don't normally see things like that, like soap and deodorant and toothpaste in your house, but I got it. Well, it's listen, it's next level. It's beyond that. There, is, there was a, definitely a smell of cologne or something that, that, was, that was not present when John Tomasi had left that bathroom or when I had left that bathroom. It's, so do you finish off the whole equation when you do the whole Lou Merloni, um, I'm starting my day and I, this is the package that I'm presenting the world? Do you finish it off with a little uh, dab here, a little dab there? There's no cologne, okay? There's some face cream. Maybe that's about it, you know, to help with the dry skin. But it's amazing how you two Neanderthals aren't used to certain types of product that just sort of keep you clean and smooth. Smelling good. Like, you're trying to compare what I bring to the table compared to John Tomasi and yourself? I mean, come on. First of all, you can downplay the fact that you put on face cream, but face cream is next level. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and, and yes, you know, I, yes, it did smell better. And maybe we don't put on cologne. And maybe we don't even put it on deodorant. But still, that doesn't make us any lesser of people. And, and, uh, and I, I think that you are a metrosexual. So I, I just said it. You're a metrosexual. Well, the record, there's no cologne. There's no cologne up there. But you, but you, said, you said face cream. Yeah. Right. Yeah, face cream down here in Florida. We're getting old, uh, Rob. Well, face cream, I mean, you put on suntan lotion. Why do you need face cream? I didn't have suntan lotion. I got it now, but I'm still going to put on face cream. What is, wait, wait a second. What is this like, this Cindy Lop, uh, Cindy Lopper, Cindy Crawford mask? I mean, what, what is going on? It's a dab of face cream. Do you ever face ever get dry? No. Look at his face. <laughs> it's oily. That's a different level. Dry that thing out, will you? Yeah. All right, anyway, uh, we'll have more. I'm sure we'll have more about the house here. I think everyone's fascinated by it, even though we don't re- we're really not here a whole lot. I mean, this is, this, people ask about the rhythm of spring training. You're not even in the house a whole lot, right? No, I'm still trying to figure out the TV. I mean, seriously, what the fuck is going on? How many channels do you have? I just tried to watch TV, and it was like I had to go from like zero to like a thousand just to watch like an NBA anything. But, but uh, here's the thing, though: once you uncrack the code, it is so delicious. It is, is there is every channel you could ever imagine. But I agree with you, and 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 here's you know the worst part about TVs like this is that. You, if you press the wrong button, you're down a path that you can't get back. You're on like auxiliary antenna uh, remote that 
that, that you're going to have to call the guy in for. And by the way, another thing, too. Like, I went to the grocery store, right, because the local Publix. And I got, like, a nice thing of water, a big, huge gallon thing of water. I got some fruit, some honeydew, some strawberries over at the fridge. How much Coke? How much Pepsi? What do you do? That's you, not me. What, I mean, seriously, Coke, Pepsi. I look in this this fridge, and I'm like, Christ. I'm off, I'm off the Diet Coke. That's not me. That's Doug Lane who hasn't been here in like five days, and uh, that's not me. Why am I sweating so much there's right a now? Huge, there's a huge bag of bacon, like an enormous thing of bacon in there. Like, what do we- I think that's Tomasi's bacon. That's, I, I don't shop. That's, none of that is mine. I just poach. I, that's not me. So what's up with the five-hour energy all over the house? Oh, that's what I shop for. I shop five-hour. Yeah, I have the case of five-hour energy. I have, uh, that's about it. I, I have five hours. My, so my day is, is that I wake up. No I, deodorant. <laughs> no face cream. No deodorant. No nothing. You don't shower. You don't shampoo. You don't brush your teeth. I, but I go swimming. <laughs> Doesn't count. <laughs> um, so, but I, I, I've walked in on a shake place across the street. I, you know, I exercise. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to run a mile and then I'm going to swim 10 laps. That's my regimen, right? Yeah, that sounds good, but the pool's like 10 feet long. It's great. And shit, you push off, you push off, you keep pushing off and glide. doesn't matter. All the old people think it's like Olympic size. Um, and then I get my half a five-hour energy, and then I go over the park. That's the regimen, and that is a winning spring training regimen. I don't do fucking face cream. I don't do – I do do deodorant. There's nothing worse – Let's, Lou, we can joke about it, but there is nothing worse when you identify the sports rider that does not deodorant in Florida in spring training. Oh, it's a bad look all over the place. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, I'm impressed with your elite athlete, you know, as far as, like, your training regimen and everything that goes about it. It's, it's impressive. It is. Yeah. All right. So we did that today. We went over the park. You went over the park for the first time. Uh, were you nervous? Were you nervous going over the park? You, be honest. Were you a little uh, – I mean, you, I, I saw you go over. You went right where the players were before anybody else. But were you nervous at all? It's not, it's not nerves. It's kind of you're uncomfortable, and I like to get it over as soon as possible. That initial, hey, what's up? If you got a problem, I'm standing here. Um, so it's, it's you get that. Try to get that out of the way as soon as possible. But overall, it's still friendly with everybody, especially all the, you know, the coaches. You know, I haven't sat down and talked to the manager yet, so we're waiting on that one. I want to get that thing over as soon as possible. But – no, it's heaven for me. I mean, I'm just sitting and watch. You know, talk to some of the front office people about some names. I like coming. I don't know about you. I like coming down and watching guys I don't know much about. You know, I mean, what the hell do I got to watch freaking Price and Porcel throw throw a live BP for? Right? I'd rather watch some other kid. I don't know who the hell he is. So, um, yeah, it's, I, I love it. But like you said, yeah. which also translates to great radio too. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, nobody gives a <laughs> shit about the freaking ninth starter and the depth chart in Pawtucket's bullpen. But for me, I like that shit. Yeah, and, and I'll give you credit. Like I said, I. I was on a corner of one eye. I was watching you, and and I, like I said, you were there before everyone else out by the catchers. And John Farrell walked over, and you you didn't get a chance to talk to him, but you were right there. If he wanted to address something, you were right there, and I'm sure you'll be right there tomorrow. Uh, you were in the locker room today. You talked to the players, correct? Yeah, and one of the guys you were there too was Porcello. Was a guy I wanted to say hi and get that because I, I don't. I think that there's some underlying hatred towards me with him. So we'll again now. It's like you say the hello, and then you kind of can come back and double around. And you know, are we cool or where are we at? So I think that's important, and it's not. Radio guys don't have that opportunity, you know, but it's unique for me here because I do some of the games on radio. I am in that locker room, and and something that I have to do and have to be there and. 
because I say what I got to say. I say what I believe. And sometimes I know it pisses people. It pissed me off as a, if I was a player. So I need to at least be there to address it. Do you sense? So you, I was like you said, I was there when you were waiting on Porcello. And to me, when you shook the hand of Porcello, it was really quick. Um, but something as quick as that, like there was no, I sensed no vitriol from Porcello to you, to you. No. And I think a lot of these guys kind of, obviously it was more to do with year one. He had the year he had, uh, you know, how do you not love what you heard, what you saw from him last year? So it's, it's a lot of them just sort of put in the past, you know, there's some that just would rather hold the grudge, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the problem with baseball you know, as well as I do. One of my biggest problems is that guys love sitting there stewing about it more than actually, and this goes to all media, all confrontations. They just rather sit there and just stew about it and murmur. And usually if they're confronted about it, they say, Oh no, 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 no big deal, no big deal. Or they just sort of walk away and don't want to confront it instead of say, hey, you know what? This is what I had a problem with. Yeah, and I think there's two ways to go about it. Some guys will do that, you know, and people have. Uh, other ones just look at it and say, you know what? That was a couple years ago. Uh, I don't care. You're a piece of shit. You're not part of my life, you know, to be honest with you. And that's a, that's a fine attitude, too. I mean, I don't affect anyone on that team's life, you know. I might say some things that they don't like, but – um, for the most part, it's move on with their lives, focus on what they got to do, their job, and that's what they should be doing. When you now that you've sort of in the world of the radio, like you said, as a player, you would be pissed off if if you heard some of the stuff that maybe you said or other people said. Um, do you set? Do you do you think in this world, not as a player, as a player, you probably thought differently, but in this world, do you think there is that necessity to at least once in a while make an appearance like you did today? I don't necessarily think you need to. And I think a lot of people in radio say it's easier if you don't. Um, I'm just in a spot where I have to. You know, it's it's part of my, some things other than I do. I'm in the booth sometimes for the Sox games. I'm in that locker room. Uh, the game means too much for me not to kind of be down there in that clubhouse or doing some games. So I have to. But, you know, the reality is, and I found this out when I started doing radio, is you can only talk X's and O's and strategy and breaking down swings and things like that that maybe interest me, that maybe don't interest others. The small pe- group people maybe love when you break down certain X's and O's, but for the most part, the, how, how, do I, how do I entertain? How do I talk about the game in an entertaining way? And unfortunately in this town, a lot of that is around negatives. Like if teams do well, they're boring. You know, if team goes, if the Red Sox go out and go twenty three and one in April, I guarantee it'd be a boring team, and people won't have much to talk about. They'll focus on the one or two or three guys that are struggling in the month of April, and that'll lead the discussion. So it's you find out quickly when you're doing radio that, unfortunately, negative news sometimes leads to discussion. You know, when things are going great, it's tough to talk about. So it's that's something that I, I think a lot of people have a tough time grasping. You know, that are playing currently, but when you're in the business long enough, you start to realize what drives it. So obviously, you know, I'm sort of caught in the middle. Like I, I, I'm around. I have to be around more. I have to be around the locker room more. But I also think I've understood that. Hey, you know what? My bread is buttered. When I'm on the radio, I have to be on the radio. I have to give my opinion. I have doesn't make a difference. And if they have a problem with it, they have a problem with it. Um, but a lot of times, well, players will come up to me. Whether it's it's usually something that somebody else said, and usually it's through Twitter. Usually it's through TV. How it goes is. It's Twitter number one, TV number two, hearing from their friends number three, and actually listening to on the radio number four. That's no slight on the high, high ratings of WEI, but that's usually how it works. And if they complain about it, what I say is, like, listen, you know, sometimes you know, the reporter's job is different than the guys on the radio job or TV. And their job is to entertain and engage, correct? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think... You hit on it because I've had a lot of conversations where I've said, "When did what did I say?" And they'll tell me, and I'm like, 
Would you get that? Well, somebody I know said they heard you say this. And believe me, on a daily basis, I will say the sky is blue and someone will call in and say, you just said the sky was green. Like people hear what they want to hear. So, you know, sometimes you got to look at the source and say, you know, well, that guy that told you that is wrong. Because, like, you know, I, I say what I feel. I know what my opinions are in certain ga- parts of this game. And when someone comes up to me, I say, I didn't say that. As a matter of fact, this is what I said. Well, that's not what I heard. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe someone on my show or a caller said this, and I didn't correct them right away, which pisses people off. So a lot of it is third person. A lot of it is kind of, you know, misinterpretation through one person or the other. So, they, you know, they don't listen. If they do listen themselves and they don't like something, then, hey, they could, they could say whatever they want. But a lot of times it comes from other people that, quite frankly, hear what they want to hear. And you know what the, the line that I use, which seems to hit home, and, and they might want, not want to accept it, but it hits home for them, which is their boss, the people they're complaining about, their boss is never going to come down and say, "Hey, Lou, you got that wrong." There, you know, I really think that that was a cutter. I really think their ERA was lower. Well, I really think he did run hard down to first base. Their boss is never ever going to say that. They're only going to say, "Did you entertain and did you engage?" And and we sit there and we said, and it used to drive me nuts. It doesn't really drive me nuts that much anymore. But it used to drive me nuts when you have. Guys who are on the radio, I'm not even talking about you. Guys, you know, on the radio like Tony Maz or someone, and I'm like, you covered this. You know better. You know better. It doesn't make a difference. And and so and that's where I think that the players and the coaches and the manager and everybody, the executives, all have to understand that it's a different job. Yeah, it is a different job, and it is. You know, I joked about it all week, talking about how it's a clean slate and it's a new year, in particular talking about the manager and. You know, we joke about it and have fun, but honestly, it is. You know, I mean, it, it's with everybody. They need to realize that. You know, and Postel's a good example. You know, Hanley Ramirez is a good example. You know, and Pablo, we'll see if he can rebound this year. He'll be another example. But it doesn't take away from maybe what they did and reasons why you're anger or, you know, when Rick had an ERA of five and a half in August, you know, when Hanley, at this first year, I thought embarrassed the game with his effort. And Pablo embarrassed the fan base by taking his money and admitting that he basically stopped working. So those things don't go away, but you can rebound. You know, we praised the hell out of Rick in the year he had. I love the fire that he showed on the mound and the way he threw. He was the most reliable guy they had from day one. He was outstanding. Uh, and same thing about you know, Hanley Ramirez. I mean, he changed a lot of opinions. So you could sit there and say, yeah, you hammered me a couple years ago. You know, it's Hanley's case. And it's like, yeah. And I thought it was I thought it was legit. But I thought last year we praised you because you went about your business and you handled it the right way. Well, so I'll, I'll go back to spring training, though, last year. This is a good example of, of, you know, sometimes I think that we get frustrated. And I, I remember we were talking about the importance of spring training. Nothing happens in spring training. And, and you were down here earlier in spring training and trying to make an opinion. And you have to see it. And you say you have to make an opinion off Hanley Ramirez. And I, I don't begrudge you for doing that. As spring training went along, and we're stuck here, and we have to watch it every day, and we start writing that Hanley Ramirez can actually play first base stories in the middle of spring training, and then toward the end of spring training, and we're telling you, and telling not you, but telling everyone who wants to ask Big O or whoever, and no one, no one's no, no, it doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't fit the narrative. From from your perspective, going back to last spring training, do you how do you look at that? Because I get the sense that sometimes. Again, you're stuck in I have the narrative is great for radio, right? The, the the this is not good radio if we say Hanley Ramirez can play for a space heading into opening day. But when we're saying over and over and over again that it is is it just like uh, I'll well, believe it when I see it. I think the biggest thing was as you know, I mean when you start hearing 
things like that about Hanley looks great. You know, you get back home and it's like, well, that's just what all the beat writers are saying right. because you know they're just going to spin it positive. You know, and so it's uh, so it's how much you take is how credible is it? You know, because they're never going to say a bad word. I mean, that's sort of like the mantra, right? But for me and Hanley. That first week I was down there, I didn't see him once in the backfield. Remember, he, every day it was like a new excuse. And, and you know as well as I do, there was some frustration in this organization about him not knowing what to expect from him if the effort was going to be there. But I have always felt from day one that he should play first. In May of his first year, I said, they got to get him out of left and put him in first. People say he can't play first. And I've always felt that he could. So I knew that he could. The question was work ethic. But I think with what you're saying, I think a lot of people just say, well, they're going to spin it positive. Well, yeah, okay. So that's fine. But, I mean, again, I think it's also – it's not. It's not good radio. It's not good TV. Sure. If it's well, I just, if I just told you, what works on radio is negative. Right. No, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, you know, when the Patriots are got a three game stretch against San Fran, Cleveland, and Patriots are different. But no. But I'm just saying, when they have a three game stretch of San Fran, the Rams, and Cleveland, we know as a show, it's going to be a tough three weeks of radio. It's going to be difficult because there's not going to be any kind of threat of a loss you know it's going to be all positive they're not going to lose so and i remember in 2011 is the example for five months there was no discussion of the red sox they were so good that they were beating the hell out of everybody that it was a boring team to cover because they were doing what they should do and they should win and then all of a sudden in september hell shit hit the fan in september and then all of a sudden next thing you know you couldn't you could talk about them for months because of what happened in september so hanley being good you're right yeah, and that's just listen that's just a, a small example but I thought as we head to spring training, it's always an interesting one because it was frustrating because, listen, I, you, you guys, I know the narrative about the beats or beat writers, but I think these guys are working hard, and I think it's, it's unfair in a lot of respect, but that's the narrative. The, a lot of people are sticking with the narrative because we can say, hey, a million times Pablo Sandoval last year couldn't bend over for a ground ball and doesn't look good, but, and we've been, we were saying that if we say Hanley Ramirez is does look good. It's all the, the beat writers are protecting it. I want to go back to what you said about positive and negative. What's interesting to me is that Patriots' positivity sells. Like, Patriots' negativity, and I don't know how this trans. I know this translates into the digital world, but I don't know if it translates to the on the, on the air in terms of ratings and everything else. For the Red Sox, like you said, it's negative. Now, I am going off of, I can see the numbers every single day. If and it is it is a bizarre dynamic, and you know the Patriots have the benefit of the doubt. But it is a bizarre dynamic. If the Patriots lose a game, there the numbers the next day are a fraction. I mean, it could be the same stories written, the same approach, everything else. But the Red Sox totally opposite. Well, see, I, I, maybe digital, but I think I don't know if that plays out on radio because if the Patriots go out and lose a game. Like people are in arm, up in arms. I mean, the phone lines light up. People want to talk about it. If they if they win a game and don't look good, the phone lines light up. I mean, if they blow a team out, it's just. You know. See, I've also heard though people, because I, I, I've said this to, uh, I've gone and mingled with the riffraff, Lou. I've talked to all the people and I've give this theory, and they've said, yeah, you know, when the Patriots lose, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with them for two days. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, so there, I don't know. It's but anyway, that See, going back to like the whole. Like you're talking about the beat writers, and obviously I know everybody works hard, but you know, and, and I think not just beat writers, but everybody. Sort of Chris Sale, for example, sounds says all the right things, right? And and I haven't sat down with him, I haven't talked to him at all, I haven't seen him throw. He throws tomorrow, so we'll see. He throws whatever live, but 
people say he sounds different than those other guys like Price or other guys that have struggled in the past, you know, in year one, Porcello and Lackey. And part of me, I wonder if we're we just trying to convince ourselves that he sounds different. Oh, no, I don't. Nothing in spring training. And Lou, this is the. But to, you've heard that, right? I mean, he sounds different. He'll be different. I'm like, what makes you, what did John, what did John Lackey sound like that made you feel like he was going to struggle when he showed up? I think that. You know, I know that everyone wants to lump the BBWA together in one big basket, but I think you and I both know the people who usually are saying that stuff, who usually are writing that stuff, who you're saying that, hey, the ball's coming out of their hand, great. Mm-hmm. All their actions around the bag, oh, it's off the charts. It's going to be completely different. You and I both know there is a, there is a different, you can differentiate between this group and that group in terms of the writers. Yeah. But I've heard it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, you're absolutely right. And, and it happens every single year. And you know what? A lot of it are the electronic media people who come down and be honest with you well that's what i'm saying it's not just well, that's what i'm saying it's not just the beat writers now you know now it's it's the tv people you know whether it's the radio people that it's well this guy's different and i'm like well i think you i think you just want him to be different right but the bottom line is is that year one here has been a struggle for a lot of high-end pitchers that have come in here with very very good reputations and we just really don't know because i always felt the only way you know is if how they deal with failure and a lot of these guys have come yeah. over with with great careers and great resumes have never really failed. I mean, David Price never really failed. He had his problems in a postseason, but never in a regular season. Chris Sale has never failed. John Lackey was a stud out of the gate. You know, Porcello was coming off a very good year, and he had failed earlier, but you just really don't know. That's absolutely right. You, and, and all these people like go back to Julio Lugo. Oh, play well in Boston. He likes the big stage. Pablo Sandoval, oh, he, he performs well in the postseason. He must like the big stage. You do not, and, you, and David Price, you know, he can handle it. He's been to these other places. He'll be okay. He's a great teammate. He's a great guy. He can, he can be okay. And we can make our best guess, but, Lou, you are Absolutely 100% right. Nobody, nobody who comes to Boston can be defined until they meet adversity in Boston for the first time. Yeah, and with him, I mean, obviously he can, he can be lights out, you know, but we also know that he'll defend his teammates. So, you know, will Chris blow up at you if you write an article about Price or Pablo or, you know what I mean, or Porcello if they struggle? Someone's going to struggle on this team this year. And does he defend that guy, you know, and does it turn into an issue? But from everything you hear, I, I do like what I hear from him. I like, obviously, the, the resume that he comes. He's got a little bit of uh, hard ass and asshole to him, which is nice to see on the mound. I think he'll translate. But, again... You know, let's just let's just wait and see what he looks like. Uh, we got to go. Uh, we got to go have dinner with the biggest kiss ass beat writer of them all, Evan Drellick. Uh, we're doing sushi. Let's yeah. do it. This, this is basically what we do at night. You want the how the schedule works. We figure out where we're going to eat at night, and then we go to bed. Uh, Lou, thanks so much, and um, good luck. Uh, oh, you're going to come by uh, for the next wave of. Get be nice to Rick Porcello. Um, the next stage of be nice to Rick Porcello. Uh, to uh, Monday night at Twin Peaks, six o'clock for anyone who's listening. The Bradfoe Show podcast, first remote ever, which is basically the equivalent of the Wilbur Theater, like the Barstool guys. I mean, it's not just him, right? You got Joe Kelly and you got Brian Johnson as well. And and I got a feeling, Lou, there's going to be a few others. I got a feeling because there. This was very strategic. This location. It's it's sort of like. Bees drawn to honey, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah, listen, I might be doing some TV during that time, but if you keep them a little bit longer, I'm going to get over there as soon as I can. You can be in wave two. All right, thanks, Lou. You got it, Rob. New on Curiosity Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them, we study them, we hope the big one never comes. Don't look up, it's Asteroid Rush. And. 
alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. 